Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. I guess the final from a guaranteed rate field in Chicago. It's the White Sox eight, the Indians nothing. No runs, no hits. That's right. Carlos Rodon threw a no-hitter against your Cleveland Indians last night. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And, boy, what that's a, that, was a, that was a tough one to sit through. I mean, from, from basically the first pitch, that was not our night. That was never going to be our night. That was not our night. The good news about baseball is you come back and you play again tomorrow. We got a 2 o'clock game today. The slate is wiped clean. We get another chance to even up this four-game set with the Chicago White Sox. So, yeah, it uh, it was pretty rough last night. And uh, you give credit where credit is due, though, right? So, Carlos Rodon, fantastic start. Absolutely fantastic pitching job. Congratulations on the no-hitter. Uh, you got to tip your cap when someone does that, right? It's pretty incredible. It's pretty challenging thing to do. And we'll get into the history of it, the no-hitters against the Indians, the no-hitters for the Indians. Of course, we got to talk about that today. Uh, I just wanted to take a second before we get into the storylines. If you want to participate in the show, you can. You can reach out to me. You can have your voice be part of Cleveland Baseball Mornings. I'm there on Twitter, at Davey Barris. The easiest way, send me an email, clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Email your thoughts, your feelings, your reactions. Be part of this show. I created this. I'm a fan that created this show, and I want this to be an open opportunity for fans to talk baseball. So clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Hit me up. Let me know what you're thinking, and we'll make it part of this show. All right, let's get into it. The storylines. What what storylines? It it was a no-hitter. That's the storyline. The White Sox exploded on Zach Plesak in the first inning for six runs, and then we got no hit. That's the (laughs) storyline. How did he do it? What did he do? What was Rodon throwing? Uh, What was Plesak throwing that he got lit up? I mean, Plesak faced nine batters, gave up six Hard-hit balls, according to Baseball Savant. Absolutely was getting pummeled out there. Um, The exit velocity against um, Plesak. The exit velocity. uh, Adam Eden's single was only 82. Luis Roberts' single was 109.3. The Brave Flyout was 96. The Johan Moncada single was 101. That was the one, was that the one that was right back up the middle that almost took his head off? I believe it was. Uh, he's really lucky that didn't hit him uh, coming back up the middle. Your mean Mercedes went 111 mile per hour exit velocity off of him. The ground out was 73. The double by Andrew Vaughn was 86. Uh, uh, Luria Garcia, his double was 103 mile per hour exit velocity, and Madrigal single up the middle was 97.7 mile per hour exit velocity. The average exit velocity off his fastball was 101.4. That's the average exit velocity off his fastball. Um, Yeah, it did not 
He had one whiff last night, only three called strikes on 26 pitches in that first inning. I mean, they were literally just sitting on him, just waiting, just absolutely waiting to destroy Zach Plesak last night. And if we go over to the illustrator on Baseball Savant, um, if you look at the results of all the pitches Zach Plesak threw, or the results of every at-bat against Zach Plesak, every single one of them is dead center of the plate. I'm telling you, from nothing lower than the zipper on your baseball pants, nothing higher than your belly button. That's how down the middle he was last night. Uh, the home run was an inside uh, fastball that your mean Mercedes turned on. It was on the inside edge, but it was right at the belt, right at the belly button. Easy pitch for a good hitter like your mean Mercedes to turn on. And we're going to look at your mean Mercedes in a second here. Uh yeah, the doubles were all inside. Uh, one was an inside fastball. One was an inside slider. It's it's all even the outs were right in the middle of the plate. So I don't know what was going on with Plesac last night. I have no clue. Everything was about Rodon and the no hitter. I I don't even know if they got any comments for Plesac or what he said after the game. Uh, we'll have to dig into that. We'll have to see if some stuff comes up. What the heck was wrong with him last night? He pitched so good uh, to start this season, and this was just, I mean, it was completely out of character. It just, he was just serving things up on a platter. He was throwing a ton of change-ups. He threw 10 sliders, 7 change-ups, 7 fastballs, and 2 curves. He really seemed like he was trying to not throw a fastball to anybody. Because uh, of those seven, they swung five times and they put five fastballs in play. That's right. Five swings, not even a foul ball. Five fastballs put into play. So clearly the fastball was not the pitch to throw. Or maybe it was the fact that he was falling behind every hitter to start the game. And then having to throw fastballs in the strike zone and getting crushed. So... Plesak's got a little bit of thinking to do to figure things out. All right, let's talk about the real star of the game. Carlos Rodon, man, he threw uh, 57 fastballs. He was just leaning in the fastball. 28 sliders, 26 change, and three curves. Um, He got 19 whiffs, 19 swings and misses, plus 21 called strikes, Good for a 35% CSW rate. That's pretty effective, but it wasn't about the strikeout. I mean, he only racked up seven strikeouts in the game. It really was more about inducing bad contact. And if we look at his pitch chart of all the results against him, he was really spreading the ball around. I mean... There are outs on the outside corner. There's outs on the inside corner. A lot of his strikeouts are off the plate. So he was getting us to go out of the zone and chase uh, for some strikeouts. Some high fastballs, some high forcing fastballs that he struck out Bowers and he struck out Luplo on. Um, Eddie Rosario, he got him away to chase a slider away. He got Yu Chang on an inside slider. And oh, that's right. That was the, uh, that was the called strike in the ninth inning. That one was off the plate. That one might have been an umpire who was feeling a no-hitter a little too hard. Yu Chang 
probably doesn't have to worry about that pitch getting called a strike too many times. Uh, so yeah, so he was really moving the ball all around the zone, up, down, in, out, uh, and just inducing weak contact against these Indians hitters. Now, we did hit some balls hard. I shouldn't say that. It's not all weak contact. We did uh, hit a few hard ones against Rodon. Roberto Perez had a couple of hard hit balls. He lined out at 104.9 miles per hour, and then he grounded out at 108. Jose Ramirez lined out at 110.6. So there was some hard contact made. A couple of guys were in the 90s. Um, Yu Chang's pop out, well, a pop out at 97. Uh, Cesar Hernandez's ground out was at 92. Uh, and Luplo's final ground out was at 99.4. That was a smash, I believe, to third base. So yeah, so there were some hard hit balls, but nothing that had a really high expected batting average, according to Baseball Savant, aside from Jose Ramirez's lineout in the uh, in the seventh inning, which had an 820 expected batting average. That was the only one that Rodon really gets away with here. A couple in the 500s. Uh, Roberto Perez's ground out had a 690 expected batting average on a ground ball. That's a pretty high expected batting average for a ground ball. Everything else, zero. 10, 290, 100, 150, 50, 200, 0. So you can see uh, most of these balls weren't even expected to be hits. You know, it's not that they made great defensive plays. There was some good defense behind them. You always have to have a little bit of good defense behind you when you throw a no-hitter. But he just moved the ball around, just kept mixing us up getting the call strikes and the swings and misses when he needed them, eventually racking up the strikeouts to seven, and just a fantastic performance from a guy who has been struggling to really stay on the field. I mean, his journey to this no-hitter, remember, he's a number one overall pick after being out of this world in college. Uh, He pitched at NC State. Um, He pitched on... uh, USA baseball college teams. So he's very highly regarded and he ends up going third overall. The Chicago White Sox select him third overall in the 2014 draft. He makes his major league debut uh, in 2015. So it does not take him long to get up to the majors. And the White Sox like to bring a guy up, put him in the bullpen to start, get experience in the bullpen and then become a starter. And it looks like he made his major league debut against us. Uh, he struck out Lonnie Chisenhall for his first major league strikeout. Uh, so yeah, but then he goes on the disabled list with a wrist sprain. Then in 2018, he goes on the 60-day disabled list with a shoulder injury. Then he on, May, on 2019, he has Tommy John surgery. Uh, he appeared in four games in 2020 for the White Sox. And uh, he was actually non-tendered by the White Sox uh, this offseason. And then they re-signed him on January 30th for a one-year, $3 million contract. So he was out there. He was available. They, they, they literally cut the guy, brought him back on a cheap contract, and now he throws a no-hitter against us in his second start of the season. So crazy journey for Rodon to get there. And, uh, and yeah, you just got to give credit where credit is due. It's it's fantastic. When a starting pitcher throws a no-hitter, it is absolutely fantastic. 
All right. Speaking of where did guys come from uh, and strange journeys to get to the majors, your mean Mercedes, uh, the rookie who's making his debut at, how is it, 28 years old, I want to say? Yeah, 28 years old. And the dude is just raking, just raking. He, uh, he took another strange journey to get here. He was signed as an international free agent by the Nationals in 2011, spent 11, 12, and 13 seasons in the Dominican Summer League, and was released following the 2013 season by the Nationals. So they had him. They kept him down in the Dominican, where he's from, and never brought him into minor league system, and then released him in 2013. He played independent ball, hit 385 in 2014 in independent ball, uh, 701 slugging percentage. Then he signs a minor league contract with the Baltimore Orioles, uh, plays some minor league ball for them, is a minor league Rule 5 draft by the White Sox, which meant the Baltimore Orioles kept him in the lower minor so long that he was eligible for the Rule 5 draft in the minor league system. So the White Sox are able to bring him over. He hits all right in the minor league system. In 2019, uh, he hits a combined 317 with a 968 OPS, 23 home runs, 80 RBIs, and they add him to his the 40-man roster. He gets one at-bat in 2020. One at-bat as a pinch hitter and grounded out. Then he makes the roster this year as a third catcher only because of the injury, uh, the injuries that the White Sox had coming out of spring training. Starts the season 8-for-8. Uh, is the AL player of the week for week one and crushed Zach Plesak last night. I mean, that's his journey. Uh, that takes you all the way up to today. Uh, he is insane. His, uh, his expected weighted on base percentage is in the 97th percentile. His expected batting average right now is in the 98th percentile. Uh, his barrel is our percentage is in the 82nd percentile. Um, yeah. It's incredible. His his uh, chase rate is in the twenty fourth percentile. I sometimes I don't know about these percentile rankings. Does that mean he's not chasing or he is chasing? Uh, it says it's poor, so I'm guessing he is chasing too much. His whiff percentage is in the ninety fifth percentile, and baseball savants telling me that's great, which means I'm guessing that means he is not missing many balls when he swings at them. Everything is pulled. Everything. If you look at his spray chart, everything is pulled. His three home runs are all to left field. His doubles are down the line and left, straight away to left and left center. Even his singles are mostly pulled balls. Uh, a couple of singles back up the middle. So this dude, he's hitting 500 now after yesterday, after adding three hits yesterday. And he's incredible. He is absolutely incredible so far this season. Uh, don't throw him fastballs. He's hitting 733 batting average off of fastballs. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have to throw him some uh, some breaking balls and some change-ups. I, I, they break out off-speed. Oh, off-speed res- change-ups mostly, splits, screwballs, forkballs, they consider off-speed. So against change-ups, he's hitting 571. Against breaking balls, sliders, curves, knuckles, he's hitting 250. 
So I guess breaking balls are the way to attack him. And we know Aaron Savali, who's pitching today for the Indians, has a ton of pitches in his arsenal. So let's pay attention to this. Let's see if Savali even gives him a fastball, maybe shows him a high fastball or something away, and then attacks him with the breaking balls. Uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. So yeah, that is your mean Mercedes. Know thy enemy. That is your mean Mercedes. Because I'm guessing for the next few seasons... This guy is going to be absolutely crushing everybody in the American League Central. And it's amazing. It's like, how did they not how did they not see the potential in this guy? Like, why did it take so much for this guy to get an opportunity? You look at him, he's built like a brick house. He looks like a guy who walks. He looks like a guy that's there to do two things: chew bubblegum and hit home runs, and he's all out of bubblegum. That's what he looks like to steal a classic line. From Hot Rod, Roddy, Roddy Piper. Um, all right, talking about no-hitters against the Indians, for the Indians. All right, let's get into it. Come on, there have been 11 no-hitters thrown against the uh, the Cleveland Indians, including last night. Oh, 12 now. 12 now, including last night. Let's see if... So there's a website called nonohitters.com. They have all the information you would want. There we go. I refreshed the page. There's Carlos Rodon, 12 now no-hitters against the Cleveland Indians. Irvin Santana was the last one to do it on July 27, 2011. Um, the Yankees have done it to us three times. Have there been no perfect games? There has not been a perfect game thrown against the Cleveland Indians in franchise history. So Roberto Perez's foot, which, by the way, the only person to reach base, if you didn't see, if you didn't know, was Roberto Perez, who got plunked on the foot in the ninth inning. Uh, on a breaking ball that just buried itself in the dirt. That um, was the only runner to reach base for the Indians last night. So his foot saved us from giving up our first perfect game. The first no-hitter against the Indian, Charles Chief Bender from the Philadelphia Athletics, May 12, 1910, on Shy Park in Philadelphia. Uh, and the White Sox have done it to, a, to us a couple of times now. This is actually the third no-hitter from the White Sox against the Cleveland Indians. Now, all's fair in war and baseball, but uh, we have done it a couple of times against the White Sox. The first no-hitter in Indians history was Bob Dusty Rhodes. We had a guy named Dusty Rhodes on our baseball team back in the day. How is that not talked about? How how are we do not wear special polka dot uniforms uh, in honor of Dusty Rhodes? If you don't know, Dusty Rhodes was a professional wrestler who wore polka dot trunks in the WWF back in the day. A legendary wrestler. Uh, That's kind of fun. Uh, And then the second one was against the White Sox. Addie Joss did it against the White Sox in 1908. We had two no-hitters in 1908. That's pretty cool. Joss did it again in 1910, again against the White Sox. So, yeah, we, we've beaten up on the White Sox. Bob Feller did it, his opening day no-hitter against the White Sox in 1940. Seems like we beat up on the Yankees and the White Sox when it comes to these no-hitters. The Tigers have felt a couple to Bob Lemon and Bob Feller. Both got the Tigers in no-hitters. Um, yeah, and the most recent one, of course, Len Barker's perfect game. May 15th, 1981, three nothing Indians over the Blue Jays at Cleveland Stadium. And uh, the, there have been two perfect games. Addie Joss's first was a perfect game. So two perfect games in Indians history. So 
There's your history, right? It's been since 1981. After the Padres got theirs, uh, we have the longest drought between no-hitters. 39 years, 11 months, and zero days. Yeah, because it was on uh, May 15th, and it is April 15th, so that makes sense. All right, so there is your Indians no-hitter history. You knew we had to get into it. What else is there to say? When you get no hit, you get no hit. We'll talk more about how Gamel sucks and how Bauer sucks and how we don't want them here anymore. Basically, we're done with them, right? We're done. We would rather see if, even if Bobby Bradley and even if Daniel Johnson were striking out and struggling at the plate as much as Ben Gamel and Jake Bowers are, we would at least feel better about it knowing that they're working towards something. They're working towards, uh, you know, a future, potential future. There's potential on the table. With Ben Gamble and Jake Bowers, the potential is gone. We're done with them. We're absolutely done as fans. And then, why was Ahmed Rosario starting a shortstop last night? What was Ahmed Rosario doing starting a shortstop? I mean... We, I thought we agreed. I thought we agreed coming out of spring training that Jimenez won the job, that he was the best shortstop on this team, and he was going to play almost every day at shortstop. Now it feels like they're in a platoon. It feels like they're in a lefty-righty platoon, and I'm, I'm not happy about it. I'm really not. Ahmed Rosario could have started that game in center field. Uh, I know Luplo has been actually pretty hot against left-handed pitching, so and he wanted to get Ahmed Rosario's bat in there. That's the reason he's playing shortstop. But I thought we agreed that Jimenez is the far superior shortstop, and we want to see him on the field, you know, for 500 at-bats or something this season. We want to see what the kid can do. Is he the future, or is Tyler Freeman the future? Is uh, Is Arias the future? Uh, we got to know. We got to know if Jimenez is the future at shortstop or if one of these other young guys is going to creep up on him and push him out just like he pushed Ahmed Rosario out. So I don't know what's going on there. Uh, yeah, that's that's it. That's your game last night. Congrats. Uh, MVP for the day goes to Carlos Rodon. Occasionally, we give it to a player from the opposite team, and when you no-hit us, seven strikeouts, nearly a perfect game, you have earned... MVP for the day. Nobody in that Indians locker room deserves a game ball. Uh, It goes to Carlos Rodon. So that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Remember, as bad as it was last night, as bad as that first inning was, and it was brutal, brutal to listen to and watch. We play again today at 2 o'clock. That's right, 2 o'clock today. It's Savali going against Lynn. Lynn is no joke. It is not going to get much easier. This, the White Sox upgraded their pitching. <laughs> they went out and found some pitching to compete against our pitching, and it's going to be another battle again today. So we'll be back tomorrow to talk about that game. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show, like I said, at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. <laughs>